Now, how many of y'all are glad you live in Texas? Oh, come on. How many of y'all are glad you live in Texas? Praise God. How many are you glad you know Jesus? What else do you need in life, right? Praise God forevermore. Uh, well, get your Bibles out. And if you would, uh, I don't know, go to, go to Acts chapter 17. We may, be, may start there, I don't know. Um, so just let me give you a few things before we get going. Last week I started preaching a message called uh, Rise Up, Wake Up, and Pray. And so I don't want to have to review on that. If you didn't get it, just go back and look last week's uh, message. Go to the, you can go to the website. You can go to the Waterhole app. You can go to the Waterhole website. You can go different places, YouTube channel, whatever you've got to watch that message. But I want to also encourage you about something else. Go look at our Wednesday night feeds. Dr. Brown's been teaching on the five pillars of health and other things. And, you know, it just seems to reason to me, folks, that <clears throat> in an age where they're supposedly living in a pandemic, that the, one of the things that you should care a lot about is your health, your overall health, you know? And so I felt like as a shepherd, you know, even, even sheep in the natural need worming now and then. And so uh, I felt like I need to get Dr. Brown up here to just tell all of y'all how to, you know, maybe deworm yourself or whatever it is and help you along there because, you know, you get deworms, you know, then you can take all the rest of the food that your nutrients in you and it all gets into your system and you get, become a big old, big old healthy sheep. Okay. So um, you need to go listen to those. If you don't like them, it's okay, you know, just keep listening to him, you know, because he does say some things in there about things that we don't like to hear, you know, like, I don't even want to tell you, just go look at it, listen to it, you know, how to eat right and these kind of things. And we don't usually like that. I mean, the bottom line is we all want to eat what we want to eat and do what we want to do, but we want to be healthy. And it just doesn't work that way. Amen. Just like it doesn't work that way with your relationship with Jesus. You can't just meet Jesus once at an altar and give your heart to him and then just think everything's going to be okay. You can't go to sleep at night with your head on the Bible and think you're going to get anything, right? You can't buy sheets that have scriptures on them and sleep on them and then you might know something. Unless you sit there and read the scripture off of it, you're not going to get any closer to God. Amen. And we can't have a one-time relationship, just like in a, in a marriage relationship. You can't tell your wife you love her once, and that's it. At the altar, I told you I love you, honey. What do you mean? What more do you want from me? That's just not building a good relationship. You're not going to be doing good, okay? Relationships have to be built. They have to be nurtured. They have to be grown. So does your body. I don't like to exercise. I listen to you. I mean, I gripe and complain. Uh, about it. One of these days, you know, the Lord keeps telling me that if I change my attitude, you know, things would be easier. But, you know, I right now I'm still at the murmuring stage. I'm doing what Dr. Brown says. I'm walking, I'm exercising, I'm murmuring the whole way around about it. You know, I'm murmuring it's hot. I'm murmuring that, you know, everything. I'm just, you know, but, and I'll get there eventually, but I'm doing something. And I encourage the church Wednesday night, you got to turn and put one, you got to take one step. You got to put one foot forward. You got to do something. Okay. And so uh, I just encourage you about that because it just seems to me that it <clears throat> makes pretty common sense that if we're healthy people, okay, and we have strong immunity systems, that most of the stuff that comes along at us, you're going to fight it off anyway. Common sense. Amen. So anyway, so that message I preached about is just last week, me complaining basically, about uh, the, everything that's going on and the craziness that's going on. And so I didn't get it all out last week, and so I have some more this week. And so, now let me, let me change your scripture. Go to, go to the, uh, John chapter 10, verse 10, scripture you all, all know. The thief comes to kill, still and destroy. 
But Jesus said, I come to give you life and life more abundantly, right? I think what people aren't understanding right now is that there is a thief. There's an enemy in this world. All of us have the same enemy. The enemy is the devil. And he has a job to do. Okay? You got to understand something. He has a job to do. He's not hired to do the job. He just volunteered for it by being thrown out of heaven and, and um, getting on the opposite side of God. Okay? But his job is in life is to take as many people away from knowing Jesus as he possibly can, and those that do know Jesus and are not going to turn away from him to make their lives as miserable as possible, all right? I really believe, you know, like I've told y'all before, it's a good thing I'm not the president, all right? It's a good thing I'm not God. I'm not in any position of great power because like me, I would have all the rioters. I'd say, hey, let's ride down this street. I'd ride them down a certain street, load them all on a, on a C-140 and they didn't know it, shut the door, fly them to some of these third world countries that I've lived in before, turn them out over there, let them spend a couple of weeks out there figuring out what life's really all about and how bad it is in every other country in the world and then see how quick they wanted to come back to America. It amazes me that if America is such a bad place and our country and our system is such a bad place, then why is everybody tearing down every wall and every fence and screaming and hollering trying to get into this place? Okay? So there's a reason for that. Amen? But the devil wants to hoodwink everybody. The devil wants to hoodwink you. He wants to hoodwink me. All right? Y'all don't know, as pastor of the church, you know, for all the years that I've pastored this church, going on 28 years of pastor this church, how I've sat over there in my seat and had to fight the devil off just to get up here and preach in just minutes before service starts. Okay, you know, thought fly through my head. Next thing I know, I'm all frothing mad over there. And so, you know, it happens there, but the, the, the enemy's coming all the time to kill, steal, and destroy. He wants to steal your relationship with Jesus. He wants to steal your relationship with people, all right? He wants to stop any relationship and fellowship that you would have. He wants to get you sidetracked. He wants all the, the things going on. And right now, I mean, just pick your medicine, right? I mean, there you can get mad about everything in the world going on. You can There, there is something to just... You know, oh, my goodness, there are so many jingling, jangling things out there flopping around to get you sidetracked in life. You're mad about this or you're about that or you're chasing this or you're chasing that or you're worried about this or you're going over here. You're I mean, come on, folks. It's just it's just you, you got a, a, a just a plethora of choices to go into. Amen. So it's his job. Now, he's the devil. And he's going to burn in hell, all right? He's going to the lake of fire. It's his eternal home. He knows it. It ain't going to be fun. It ain't going to be nice. There ain't no air conditioning down there, okay? And so it's going to be hot, and that's where he's going. He knows it. But he wants to stick everybody with him that he can. Okay, so then not everybody in the world's demon-possessed, but everybody in the world can be demon-influenced. Now think about this. Jesus went to church. Just go read your Bible. He went to church, and when he was in church, he encountered devils. So then what happened in the modern age? Uh, that we have, the Industrial Revolution came along, and so we no longer have devils? It's like one time I had a pastor from Africa tell me, he said, yeah, the only difference between America and Africa is in Africa, we know who the demon-possessed people are. He said, they're the crazy ones, and they hadn't, been, hadn't taken a bath, and their hair's all matted, and they're crazy, and they're sitting in the back of the church. Y'all dress them up in three-piece suits and give them drugs. <clears throat> so, my point is, is people can be demonically influenced whether they realize it or not. You can be demonically influenced. I'm not saying you're demon-possessed. You can be demonically influenced, okay? So you hang around somebody who's 
angry at somebody and they start spewing anger and then they go into just cussing and throwing down and this is what you ought to do. We got to got to do this. And the next thing you know, you're like, you know, well, I think you may be right. And then all of a sudden you're in with them. And then all of a sudden you're with there. You just got demonically influenced. So what's happening right now? We got people out there that started, you know, like just going to protest like peaceful protests. And now it's turned into just mayhem. Right. And so what's happened? The demons are influencing all of this. Hello. Come on, it's not, I'm not preaching here against uh, parties. I'm just telling you what's happening in the world today. You have doctrines of devils floating around. Okay? Okay, so do you think communism or even technically socialism is a God principle? Well, go read in the Bible. It's not. Okay? So why would anybody want to be a communist? I don't know. You have to get totally deceived to think that it's good that everybody in the world gets oppressed except a few at the top who then tell you how you're going to live. So everybody's living equal. You have to be really delusional to think that everybody is going to be equal and you're going to make everybody equal. You know, it's like the Russian joke. I used to tell it all the time when I was over in Russia. They'd say, yeah, you know that there was a, a man, he had two cows and the guy only had one cow. So he went to the to the commissar and said, hey, you know, this is, this is not right. That man has two cows and only have one. And he says, well, what do you want me to do? Take, the, take one cow from him and give it to you? He says, no, I want you to kill both his. And that was a joke they used to tell all the time because of the thinking, the mentality of people. If I don't have anything, you don't get anything. Not thinking about they could, you know, because that's the way it works. You, people get delusional, all right? You got to watch yourself in this day and age. Do not get demonically influenced. Now, as a shepherd talking to his sheep this morning, you know, uh, I've got some sheep on my property. And, uh, you know, one of the things I always look for is the nightshade. You know, if you've got silver nightshade, a sheep eat it, kill them. Right? I, I, I don't think you can I, I take the sheep, put the sheep in the pen, show them the plant and say, don't eat this. I don't think they're going to get the message. All right. It's up to me to go poison it. It's up to me to get rid of it. It's up to me to get it out of my property so it's not there for them to eat. But like right now, people have gone and just, you know, people, there's, there's a group of people out there. It's they and them. Y'all know they and them? Yeah, they and them out there are growing loco weed. All right. And they're putting it out and then they're letting all the sheep go eat it and the cows go eat it and they're just eating it and they're breeding loco weed for the people to eat because everybody's going nuts right now. All right. So my job as a pastor is to tell you all what to stay away from, to show you the plants this morning, because y'all can know what it is and know what to do and to get your reasoning down and your understanding down. All right. There's no sense jumping up, flailing your arms, running through the streets, pulling your hair, saying everything's coming to an end. Oh, my God, what are we going to do? We already serve Jesus. Listen, God is going to have his way. Folks, listen to me. If you Jesus, if you're in Christ, you've already won. All right. The only thing that's going to happen to you is your level of comfort. My destiny is already set. I'm headed to heaven. Now, later, whenever, then I don't know, but I know where I'm going. I'm headed to heaven. I know I'm going to stand before the king. I know I'm going to hear the king say, well done, the good and faithful servant. Are y'all with me? I don't have any fear about that, right? So the devil knows that. So all the devil can do is make my life as miserable as he can or try to do, you know, whatever. 
as much as he can to me to keep me in poverty mentality or you know, selfish or self-centered or whatever so that I'm not experiencing the fullness of God on earth. Are y'all following me here? It's not about political parties. It's not about governments and this and that and the other. It's about the kingdom of God. And do we want to be a sheep nation or a goat nation? Do we want to be self-centered and think about ourselves or do we want to be a sheep nation that blesses the world? Okay? So the enemy knows that there's really only two things that, that really make any difference, okay? Number one is how much time you have on earth. Now, think about this. The only reason why I'm listening to Dr. Brown is because I figured that if I get myself healthier, that I could live longer, that I could preach the gospel longer, that I could tell more people about Jesus, that then the souls could be affected and, and, and I could help populate heaven. That's really the only reason why I won't stay around. Otherwise, I'm like Paul. To be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. And why do I want to deal with this? Okay. But it's about living out my life and my destiny so that I can fulfill my ministry with joy. And the Holy Ghost. Y'all with me? So the only reason why I want to live longer is so that I can preach the gospel more. All right. Which brings me to the second point. The second point of this is it's about numbers. Listen to me. It's about numbers. How many people are going to go to heaven? Jesus says, many are called, and then the, the correct translation should say, many are called, but few choose it. The only reason why Jesus hasn't come back yet, because, you know, well, first reason is the Father hasn't said so, but the only reason why the Father hasn't said so is because he wants as many people to have an opportunity to hear about him, to get saved, to know him, and to go to heaven as possibly can. Hello? So the reason why we're all sitting right here, if you if you're, you know, have one of those days and you're whining saying, Lord, why don't you just come back? Well, it's because he's trying to get as many people saved as possible. Hello? Okay. So this the two things is about time and about numbers. Time and numbers. Just listen to this. Just listen to this message, because I want to, it'll bring you peace at the end of it. Time and numbers. So rather than getting frustrated with your day, you need to understand that you're here. Acts, 20, Acts 17, 26 says, you are appointed. Hear me. Golly, y'all, you are appointed to be here today. You are appointed to be in this age that you are, in this time that you are, and living where you are to be here because this is the best place God knew that you could get an opportunity to know him better. So if, you've, if you were born here, okay, if you moved here, it's an appointment. I believe you coming to this church, you turning on this broadcast, it's an appointment by God to hear this message. Nothing is by chance, folks. Nothing's by chance. It's by appointment. Think about that. It's by appointment. You're here today. You're hearing this message. It's an appointment, appointed time. It's an appointment like you called for the doctor's appointment. You went to the doctor, it's an appointment. It's an appointment with Jesus right now. For him to speak to you, to draw your heart closer to him or to get help you get obstacles out of the way so you can have a deeper relationship with him. Hello? I told you all last week that I heard on, on, on a, a, a message I was listening to that only 2% of the churches in America today, the pastors in their sermons ever preach and tell people Jesus is coming back and to have a, you know, a deeper relationship with Jesus. Only 2% of their messages even have anything to do with that. 
That's crazy to me. I mean, if y'all don't know that by now in this church, man, I tell you, I've been pounding that for years. You know, you're not going to come get a lay me down to sleep message here. You know, and I, God bless y'all. Y'all are just, you know, like y'all are tough, man. You come on back for some more. Next week, say, go back to church Sunday and let old pastor beat us up again. Bless God. I'm kind of liking it. Because you're not going to get no candy-coated message here. I'm going to tell you what you need to be doing, right? Okay. So it's about time and numbers. It's about time and numbers. All right? So now go to Luke chapter 12. I know I'm kind of flying through, but I got like this much message. It's huge this morning. And I just prayed this morning. I spent all my prayer time this morning just praying I wouldn't ramble. Because I want to chase you know, rabbits down little trails, and I'm trying to get, just follow what the Holy Ghost wants me to do. So what are we going to do? Now listen to me. Luke 12, 22. Jesus said, therefore, I say unto you, don't worry about your life, what you'll eat or, what, or about your body, what you'll put on. Life is more than food, and the body is more than clothing. Now, I want to tell you that I believe that the, that the American public really spends most of their time thinking about food and clothing. But I'd like to add one, job, okay? Food, clothing, and job are probably the three things that everybody's thinking about. They're always going through it, and they're thinking about the food, the clothing, and the job, all right? Now, you know, around here, and being in the country, we just, you know, try to not have holes in our pants, right? As, as guys, we're just not worried. We're just, you know, that's our fashion style. It's just you don't have a hole. The hole's too big. My wife finally tells me, you cannot wear those pants anymore. I said, but I like them. They're like an old friend, you know? And so anyway... My point is, Jesus says, don't be worrying about this, but that's what most people are focused on. We're focused on our daily activities, the daily things going on. Our, 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 what are we going to eat for supper? You know, what are we eating? Our food and getting food and, and, and finances and, and the things around us, right? Well, the devil knows this. So what's he going to want to do? He's going to want to mess with you. He's going to want to mess with you in those areas. And God's saying, look, have faith in me. If I can feed the birds, I can feed everything else. I can feed you. I can take care of you. Just let me do it. My wife and I had a situation here the other day, and we were trying to, uh, we were trying to actually, we were trying to buy some cabinets for my mother. And so I just said, yeah, well, no big deal. We can get cabinets anytime we want to, you know. And then when I went to go get cabinets now, because everything's gone on, there wasn't any cabinets. And so we were like freaking out because I couldn't find cabinets. And I'm like, you know, I mean, this is pretty bad. And so she was just working feverishly, trying to find them on the internet and going back and forth and doing all this kind of stuff. And finally, I just told her, I said, stop, 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 stop. I said, we're just not going to worry about it. I said, God has got to have a way to make this work out. I'm not going to sit here. You're, you're freaking out. I'm freaking out. You know, uh, we're all freaking and we just don't want to be freaking out over everything. I said, just stop and come out. I said, let's just pray. So we prayed this just simple prayer to say, Jesus, you know, I don't know what we're supposed to be doing, but you know, where we're supposed to be doing this, you know, just speak to us. So we went through the whole weekend. Monday when I woke up, I thought, I just looked at her and I said, let's call a different store. Let's go to another whole store, another whole style. She's like, oh gosh, we go to another whole store. You know what I'm like? No, let's just do it. Called, they had every company you want to, drove over that afternoon, picked them all up and brought them back. You see, God will lead you to where you need to go. He'll do what you need to do. He'll get you to, to, into that place you need to do, but you got to get out of the freakouts. Because as long as you're living in the freakouts, there's no toilet paper. <laughs> you know? Man, that, a lot of the magazine companies really missed it because, like, Sears, Sears Magazine used to be a big deal. They should have brought it out with, you know, toilet paper grade deal, and boom, they'd have gone off. Everybody had been out there getting them a Sears catalog in. But you know what I'm saying? Everybody's freaking out. 
Everywhere you go, everybody's freaking out. Everybody's there freaking out. We've got people, and forgive me if, if, if I hit you on this one, okay? I'm sorry. I'm not trying to just be ugly, but I'm saying, I've been driving down the road looking, and there's people wearing a mask in their cars or driving down the road. And I'm like, where could you possibly contact the coronavirus? Did you just forget to take it off or... You know, are you in that much fear? And I'm just going to tell you, if I'm in that much fear, if I don't have Jesus and the Holy Ghost protecting me, then I want a full-blown hazmat suit. My own oxygen tank. Look like, sound like Darth Vader in this thing, you know? I mean, that's what I want. You know, I want something that spews Clorox out in front of me everywhere I go. You know what I'm saying? I mean, let's go for it. If we're going to go for it, let's go for it. I'm not going to put a thin piece of paper over my face and say, I'm safe. I mean, that just ain't right. Hello? Okay. So my point is people are freaking out, but the devil wants you freaked out. And what I'm telling you this morning is I don't want you to freak out. There's no sense to panic. All right? There's no sense to panic. You know Jesus. You know the king. The king can take care of you. If he said, he, don't worry about these things, all right? Yes, there may be hardships. Yes, there may be issues that we have to walk through. Yes, you may not get the branded toilet paper you like, okay? But it's, you're going to live. And we're still better off than the third world country. We just don't want them to take us down that road so far that we end up as a third world country because I've never been in a third world country. Hear me. I'm telling you, I've been, I've been on... Five of the seven continents in this world, and I have never walked into a country that was a third world country that I said, you know, this is almost as nice as home. Never. There's people, some people have existed better than others and some people are whatever, but I'm just telling you, comfort levels drop as soon as you leave this country. All right. But don't worry about that because I just don't believe they're going to take us down that road. They're going to try, but I just pray that America is rising up. They're going to rise up. They're going to wake up and they're going to start to pray and that we're going to rise up and say, no, enough is enough. That's enough. Stop it. Sit down. Be quiet. You don't know what you're doing. Out. Right? Or just cut us off right at the Mason-Dixon line. We'll start all over. All right? I mean, you know, we'll stay down south and they can just stay up north and bless God, go live up there. But anyway, our Texas can just become its country again. Here we go. So I told you last week what we need to do. The first thing is we need to repent. We need to repent for not what our ancestors have done. Okay, just listen to me. We need to repent for us not doing everything that we could. All right? We need to have a heart that's repentance saying, you know, I probably haven't witnessed to everybody I could have. I probably, you know, there's a couple of times I, I should have been a better witness. I should have done something. I should have, you know, we have to have a heart before God to say, look, God, I know we play a part, you know, in the election. I dreamed the other night, I dreamed that, that it was a Wednesday and my wife looked at us and said, we didn't vote. I dreamed that. And I had to stop and think, I did vote. But it was like it was like a nightmare, okay? Like I woke up and I've been telling y'all to do it and I didn't do it, you know? But we have to repent about the things in life that we haven't done that we should have done. All right? Now, Jesus said in Luke 20, 18, he said, You got a choice. You can either fall on the rock or let the rock fall on you. And I'm telling you, people on this day are gonna start having the rock fall on them. 
And when the rock falls on you, it crushes you. But if you fall on the rock, then the, then the power of God just breaks off our old habits of things that we shouldn't be having in our life anyway, and we can be more like Christ. And I, you know, I, I know it's someone told me once that, that, you know, people around here are kind of hard headed. And so, uh, you know, I guess that's right. I mean, you know, <clears throat> the second thing is, or, you know, I've got a lot of points here and I don't have no idea what, how you put them in order. Okay. I just have seconds and thirds written everywhere. So if you're trying to keep good notes, God bless you. Uh, <laughs> So the second point of this about repentance, the second part about this is, is that is, is you know, the, one of the first things that God did when he brought Israel out of Egypt, well, then, you know, they set up the tabernacle and then they set up the priesthood and then they took the priest and they made garments for him. And one of the things they made was this, they called it an ephod that went on the front of the priest. It had 12 stones in it representing the 12 tribes of Israel. And then the priest had holiness unto the Lord written on him. Okay. So. When you start thinking about repentance, you have to start thinking about holiness. But the problem is, hear me now, hear me good. The church has always come up with four or five things to tell you that if you did those, then you were, you've entered into holiness. But the truth of the matter is, holiness can only be brought about by the blood of Jesus. Listen to me. If you think you're going to become holy by good works, you're wrong. You can only be holy before the eyes of God by the blood of Jesus. And the only way you can have the blood of Jesus on your life is to have a relationship with him. Where people are missing it is they're trying to do good and say, look, see, I'm godly. I'm, I'm holiness unto the Lord. No, it's you better have a relationship with Jesus. You better be here in the Holy Ghost. You better have all the devils out of your life and the influence of devils in your life. And you better be walking holy in your heart to the Lord. And then I say, God will line up everybody like they need to be lined up. Instead of me going to say, these are, the, these are the big five. If you don't do these big five, well, you're holy. That's just ridiculous. Hello? Holiness comes by relationship with Jesus and the blood of Jesus over your life. That every morning you fall on your face and say, Lord, you know, I can't make it a day without you. Oh, my gosh, since the day I got saved, I've realized there is no way I can be right before God without the blood of Jesus. I'm going to blow it. I'm going to mess up. Somebody's going to make me mad. I still have got not gotten control of everything that I probably should have control of in my life. I'm not walking in, in all of the fruit of the spirit. I'm no, I'm not. Y'all don't look at me like I'm a bad guy. Y'all aren't either. <laughs> and know it. Because we're humans and we're not perfect and we're going to make mistakes and we're not going to walk in love all the time. Right? We're not going to walk in self-control. We're not going to walk in these things in our life at all points. You're going to slip and fall. And according to the old covenant, if you were guilty in one part, you're going to be guilty in it at all. So you're not going to make it. You've got to have grace in the blood of Jesus. Amen? There's no other way. Now, you know, the, I touched this in just a minute ago, which I don't know if this is two or three or five. Uh, you've got to trust in the Lord to take care of you. All right? Listen to me, folks. You, you, Dr. Fauci ain't going to do it. Hello? It's just not, I'm telling you, I don't want to, I'm not trying to talk bad about people. I'm just telling you, it, I, you cannot trust your government or the, the, the CDC, or the WHO to figure out what you need. I'm telling you, I'm sorry. You've got to, you've got to have the Holy Ghost speaking to you in life. You've got to know what's right. You've got to hear the voice of the Holy Ghost tell you, don't go into that store. That's what a relationship with Jesus will do for you. You've got to be smart. You've got to be 
listen to the Lord. Maybe, maybe the Lord's telling you, you know, you need to take vitamin D. He said, well, why would he do that? Why would he just make me whole? Well, it's, sometimes it don't work like that. Because the bottom line is we don't have enough faith to believe God for it. So he, you do have enough faith to believe God to buy a bottle of vitamin D. And y'all don't go out and buy all vitamin D and try to take it. I'm just saying that just something came to my mind. Pastor said get D, you know. I mean, maybe you need it, maybe you don't. I don't know. But my point is, you see what I'm saying, church? You've got to trust the Lord to take care of you. We have, we're Christians. This is, not, this is not play church. Right? You hear me, what I'm saying right now? I want people to wake up and say, this is not just play church. It's just like, oh, we go to church. No, we got to believe God to be healed. We have to believe God to protect us. We've got to believe God to take care of us. We've got to believe God for his angels. We have to be believing God. He has to be our source. All right? If you're looking at something else to be your source, man, you're going to miss it. This is a day to be radical in your faith. The next one is, I'm just going to go to the next one. The next one is, with the truth of the gospel, okay, with the truth of the gospel, right, we have to be the light of the world. Folks, listen to me. As Christians, we cannot back down that we're, we're Bible-believing Christians. You cannot back down that you believe that the Word of God is true. I believe, it's not like I believe, <laughs> let me change that word. The Bible says it, and I believe that the only way to have a relationship with God is through Christ Jesus. The Bible says, and I believe, right, that God wants to prosper his people. The Bible says, and I believe that's how you have to be. The Bible says it. I can't believe you believe that. The Bible says it. I don't know what to say. Here, if you don't like it, argue with the Bible. But that's what the Bible says. It's not a misinterpretation of it. You know, I've gone and looked at a lot of um, churches that have gotten off in their doctrine. And I know they're off, but they don't know they're off. And then I tried to figure out how did they get to where they're at? How, did, how could you get there? And every one of you go look at there was a place in their, in their time that they deviated from holding the word of God up as the final authority. And the moment that they said, well, you know, yes, the Bible is the Bible is is, is a good book to be, you know, look at for lessons and all. But, you know, we've, we're, we've become, you know, we've got to progress and go on with the things that are going on. And we've, you know, God and there's other ways and God loves everybody. And they start they start deviating from the word. And the moment they deviate from the word, well, then man gets to make up the rules. And I'm not making up the rules from y'all for y'all. I'm just telling you what the word says. And you either believe it. Or you don't. So it makes my job simple. So I don't have to be ashamed of being a Christian. I don't have to be ashamed of believing that Jesus is the way to heaven. Right? I'm just standing on what the word says. And if you're going to say, well, pastor, what about this? I don't know. Go figure it out yourself. I'm just reading my Bible. I don't care what translation you're reading. They all come out pretty close. Right? I mean, all the big points. You can go find a few little things, but the big points, and deal with them. And people today want to get rid of the Bible. Well, yeah, you know, it's got to be this, it's got to be. <laughs> Man, you, people can't even live what the, the little stuff says, you know? What are you arguing with that other? So anyway, the fourth one, fifth one, ninth one, whatever it is, okay? Now that you have the truth, hear me now, you have to be a, a witness. 
Now listen to this. Acts 1-7, some of the last words Jesus spoke. He said, it's not for you to know the seasons which the Father has put in his own authority, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Now, I hear, I want to say this to y'all, I hear good things about this church all the time out in the public, all right? Uh, uh, you know, I hear uh, people come back and say, you know, that, that, that y'all are good people. I like that, all right? So don't get your don't get, think I'm beating you up on this, but I'm going to tell you something. There are people that you know that I have no relationship with. I'm never going to cross their paths. So you can't depend on me to tell them about Jesus. Do you hear what I'm saying? I don't know your, these friends of yours. I, I, I don't know these people that you're around. Only you can. And God has put you in their life to be a witness to them. And you don't have to get a big bed sheet out and a tambourine and a big family Bible and stand on the street corner and beat it and pass out tracts and, and do that. But you have to be a witness and a light to them. And I have never seen a time that's greater when everybody in the world is freaking out to go to them and say, look, don't worry about it. Jesus will help you through this. Do you know that the word says, and then there you go. You have an open door to be a witness in their life and to minister to them. Right now, we need to see revival in the sense of we Christians need to judge ourselves. Judgment begins in the house of God. We judge ourselves that we have not been the lights that we should have been. And then we stand up and we hold up our hands and say, no, that is not what the word of God says. We believe in the Bible. We're Bible-believing Christians. And if they don't accept it. It's not against you. It's just against the word. They don't want to believe the word. They don't want to believe the word that's true. But we have got to be witnesses. Now, he says here that you shall receive power from the Holy Spirit. You see, you don't have to be, you don't have to be so knowledgeable of the word, so, so sharp that you can just, no matter what they say, you just cut them down with the word. No. You need to know the word, but you need to more than that be anointed by the Holy Ghost to do it. So then it may only be one word you say to them, but it's one word anointed by the power of God that sets them free. It's not that you delivered the great sermon. It's that you were a light and let the power of the Holy Spirit use you. Hear me now. That comes with having a relationship with Jesus. But you see, this is what happens. We wake up in the morning, We're, we've got this great intention to go do it, and then we get distracted, and then we hear something on the radio, somebody calls us, or there's a problem, or there's an issue, and it just happens, and then this happens, and then that happens, and then you get all off, and then you get back into your world, and you're frustrated going on in your own little world, and you're not thinking about turning the light on. That's what we got to fight against. That's what we have to overcome. To where we're just like letting all the other stuff fall to the side and we're going with the purpose that day to be a light and a witness for Jesus. And you'll just be amazed at what God can do for you. But it's something that you purpose in your own heart. All right. The next one here is that as Christians, we need to be bearing fruit. Listen, the gospel is about bearing fruit. Your life is to bear fruit. We're supposed to be producing fruit from our lives. That means... Jesus touched you and helped you, and you 
became more like him. So therefore, that's your fruit you're bearing. And you're going to do that to someone else, and then that's going to help them bear fruit. That's what it means. All right? Now, Luke 13, 6 is the scripture. He also spoke this parable. A certain man had a fig tree planted in the vineyard, and he came seeking fruit on it and found none. And he said to the keeper of the vineyard, Look, for three years I have come seeking fruit on this fig tree, and I found none. Cut it down. Why does it use up the ground? And he answered and said, Sir, let it alone this year until I dig around it and fertilize it. And if it bears fruit, well, and if not after that, you can cut it down. I believe America is having a, a, a reprieve right now, a chance that we can turn this nation around and bear fruit. But I believe if we don't bear fruit, that we're going to get cut down. I believe it. All right? So in our own lives, maybe we haven't been bearing the fruit that we should. God's still giving you an opportunity and a chance today to turn around and say, okay, Lord, here I am, use me. What's going to affect this canyon, all the canyons around us, is you. You being empowered by the Spirit of God to pray for people, to talk to people, to touch people. And I'm telling you, it should not be something. You remember the story that I read last week, Matthew 25, that the, the people the, that were the sheep nations did it naturally. They said, when did we come to you? When did we see you sick, Lord? When did we feed you? When did we do this? It's just coming from your natural response because you are so happy that Jesus is in your life. Man, Friday night. I don't know if you were outside Friday night, but oh my goodness, the stars were unbelievable. It was like the Milky Way was sitting down over the top of our house. My wife and I sat out there for hours just looking at it and said, look at the stars. I just couldn't get over it. And then the next morning I got up and I read Psalms 19, which is the plan for this week, which says, the heavens declare the glory of God. And I was like, man, you get all in the word. I was looking at it last night. It was unbelievable. Okay. But what I'm saying is how much, how it was so, it just the vastness of it and all the stars and how beautiful it was. And I was seeing how great it was. And I thought to myself, man, that God that made that and made all that beauty and made all that stuff look like, man, he's in me. And I'm worried about this. You see how the devil gets us so sidetracked? We're over here worried about this little situation when that vastness, that awesomeness is in us. And yet we can't be a light and a witness because the enemy's got us all twisted up. Ooh, man, that goes back to what we're repenting over, right? Okay, now I'm trying to get to the point. The next thing that we need to be doing is we need to pray, all right? But when I say that, you know, the surveys say that the, the, not, the, the Christian the American Christian only plays, prays three minutes a day, okay? Only three minutes. So I'm pretty sure that in the three minutes that they prayed, they probably prayed for something for themselves or their own loved ones. That would just make sense to me because they're all thinking about what they need. But I want to throw something out to you here. Go to Luke 19.41. I want to ask you to change something in your prayer, your prayer life. <clears throat> in Luke 19, 41, it says, And now he drew near, he's drawn near to Jerusalem. He saw the city and wept over it. This is Jesus. 
If he had known even you, especially in this day, the things that make for your peace. He's saying over Jerusalem, he's speaking over Jerusalem, he's weeping over Jerusalem, and he's saying, if you would have known. So in other words, it was available for them to know, but they didn't seek it and they didn't find it. What's going on in this time? See, church, everybody's running around and saying, oh, we got a pandemic. Well, maybe the Chinese put it on some. It's engineered. It's this and that and the other. Everybody's running around freaking out. But what is God saying about this time? That's what we need to know. And that's what you're going to find out in prayer. What is God saying about you at this time of, that we're in right now? Not just, oh, hold on, Sally, maybe you'll make it. You know? He says, but now they're hidden from your eyes for the day will come upon you and your enemies will build an embankment around, embankment around you and uh, surround you and close you in on every side and level you and your children within you to the ground. And they will not leave this one stone to turn upon another because you did not know the time of your visitation. Wow. So things could have gone different for Jerusalem had they known the time of their visitation. I don't know about y'all, but the only thing I'm concerned about right now in life is, as, you know, as your pastor, but also as a, as a man, as a husband, as a father, I don't want to know what's going on in the kingdom of heaven and what does Jesus want me to be doing. That's the only thing I'm worried about. I'm not worried about the coronavirus. I'm not worried about the Russians attacking, the Chinese attacking. I'm not worried about who's going to win presidency. I want to know right now, what does God want us to be doing? So my prayer isn't, Lord, I ask you today, help me to, you know, do this and help me do this. I mean, that's all including prayer. But one of the, the parts I'm asking you to do is start praying, God, what do I need to be doing? What is your plan for my life? What is your visitation in this time and season of my life? Are you following me? Okay? Because we got to know it. Okay? This, the, the, this, this is whatever fits in there. This is B. How about that? This is B of what you need to be praying about. Okay, Ephesians 6, 10 through 12. You need to be praying and know who you're fighting. Folks, listen to me. I've been saying this whole time. It's not about Republicans and Democrats. It's about the devil and God. I'm not saying one's one. Don't twist my words. I'm just saying there's a kingdom of heaven that wants to come upon earth. You see, Ephesians 6, 10 says, Find him, my brother, and be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. He, Paul is telling the church at Ephesus, which is a strong Holy Ghost church. He's telling them, you better put on the armor of God. You better be praying, standing fast against the wiles of the devil. The devil wants to trip you up every day. The other day, I just told my wife, it just seemed like one little thing after the next kept going wrong. And finally, I looked at her and I said, I have about had enough. You know, I mean, I was, could feel it starting to boil on the inside of me. And I said, I have about had enough. And so I knew what I needed to do. I went outside and prayed. Because then Robert and his flesh had just had enough. I started dealing with everything. It just seemed like one crazy thing kept happening after the next. And I was like, what? It happens to all of us, but you need to know who you're fighting. You need to understand it's the wiles of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against rulers of the darkness of this age, against the spiritual host of wickedness in heavenly places. So listen to me. You may say it's this group of people, it's they and them, it's this and this and this, but behind all of that is principalities and powers that want to rule the world. And what do they want to do? Cut down the numbers and cut down the time. 
I'm not saying this is true. I don't know. I have no facts. Let's just say that the coronavirus is engineered. If it was engineered to kill people, the devil was jumping up and down saying, turn it loose, turn it loose, kill them, kill them, kill them, kill them. That's his motive, to kill, steal, and destroy. Right? So you got to know who you're fighting here. So what are we going to do about it? Well, I love Jude 1, verse 9. And it simply says, Michael, the archangel, in contending with the devil, when he disputed against the body of Moses, dared not bring against him a reviling accusation, but said, the Lord rebuke you. Now, Jesus lives in you. Your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit. You've got to be rebuking the devil. You've got to stand up and say, no, I'm telling you what, in the name of Jesus, you have no rights and no powers to do this. I rebuke you in the name of Jesus. You cannot uh, attack our nation. You will not influence these people. Uh, you will not blind their eyes. I rebuke you in the name of Jesus. You say, well, when do I do that? All day long. Anytime you think about it, anytime it even smells like it's a devil, rebuke it. Now, sometimes a flat tire is just a flat tire. You don't have to get out and curse the, the tire because it went flat. You just ran over something and the tire's flat, okay? But I'm telling you, you need to wake up in the morning and flex it. When I wake up in the morning, I pray over y'all. Before Sunday morning on church, I walk out onto my patio, I look over this valley, and I say, I declare right now that, from, that, that the people are released from the north, the south, the east, and the west to come to Living Waters Church today. Devil, you will not hinder people. You will not stop people. They will come to church today. They have hearts open to hear. They will be here, and I declare it. So that, the devil has to say, oh, okay, because he's not in charge. We are. He is the devil, Beelzebub. But let me tell you something. <laughs> You're a son of God. And greater is he that's in you than he that's in this world. But as long as you let that coyote come eat your sheep, he's going to do it. And until you break out the 30-06 and take care of him, well, then, you know, bless God, he's going to keep eating sheep. You can't reason with him. You cannot reason with a coyote. You cannot go out there and say, look, can we just work something out? There's plenty of rabbits and cottontails and things around here. Can you just eat them and leave the sheep alone? And, the, and the, what do you think the coyote's going to say? Oh, okay, I didn't know you really cared about the sheep. You can't reason with the devil either. You have to just rebuke him in the name of Jesus and tell him to get out of your life. Quit harassing, quit messing, get out, back up. What are you doing? You have to do something. Don't go pray to Jesus and say, Jesus, can you get him off of me? No, you stand up on your own two feet in the blood of Jesus and the greater one on the inside of you. And you say, no, devil, you're not going to do this in Jesus name. No weapon that you form against me will prosper and every tongue that rises against me in judgment will be condemned because this is the heritage of the of the Lord and the righteousness of me. That's what Isaiah 54, 17 says. So you take your business and go elsewhere. But if the church is only playing for three minutes. Well, I'm pretty sure that your grocery list all got taken up in that three minutes and you didn't do any rebuking. Okay, let me give you another scripture. Matthew 12, 25. Matthew 12, 25. You got to bind the strong man. Jesus said that a house divided against itself is going to fall. So why do you think the devil's trying to divide us? My goodness, have you ever seen anything, a country more divided right now than us? I mean, we're, we're just, it's just crazy. I was talking to Brother Ivan last night. He's still traveling and trying to preach in churches, and 50% of the churches are open, 50% of the churches are closed. 50% of the pastors are saying, we're going to keep having church and going forward, and the other 50% are saying, well, we just need to 
stay home and I'll do a little video and we'll try to keep going until whatever. You follow me? The church is, the church is divided, and if a church is divided, it's going to fall. Because Jesus said, man, this, the, any kingdom that divides itself is going to fall. But he said you first got to first bind the strong man, okay? And then he's not going to be effective, and so you've got to be doing some binding. You've got to be telling the devil basically what he can and can't do, not listening to him tell you what he is going to do. Why are people in fear? Because they're hearing the voice of the devil clearly telling him, telling them what he is going to do. That's all fear is. All fear is, is you listening, tuned in to the voice of the devil. Now you came to church and told you you're listening to the devil. But that's all fear is. Fear's not of God. Fear's the opposite of God. Faith is of God. So if you wake up and you hear a whisper in your ear, Something bad's going to happen or something's going down. You're tuned in. You've got the channel. You've tuned your dial right in to the perfect station to hear the voice of the devil coming to you. And have you ever noticed how if you listen to it, that it just keeps growing and growing? Right? I mean, let's look at it, folks. Come on. Don't listen to the devil. You've got to know your enemy. You've got to know what he's doing. He's trying to divide you. He's trying to get you in fear on one side and in faith and saying you're in faith on the other. You're saying, Lord, I just thank you. You're having, a, you're having prayer time. Lord, I just thank you. You're so awesome, so powerful, so wonderful. I just love you. I'm just so glad you're in my life. And then you're going in there drinking a cup of coffee saying, oh, God, I don't know what we're going to do. I don't know how we're going to make it. I don't know what's going to go on. Oh, God. It's gonna look at, this is going down. We're going down. I, got, oh, I think I might have the corona. I got Rona. Rona doesn't come got me. So, I mean, that's, that's really ins. A lot of instability in your life. You're going from one end to the other. Because you're tuned into the voice of the devil. You're listening to him. You're, you've got his channel going. You're feeding it. So you've got to rebuke it. You've got to stand up and say, no, you're not going to divide my house. My house is one way. I'm believing what the Word of God says. Now, this is what happens to me. I'll tell you how I do it. I'll be going along, and it's always kind of subtle, the thought that comes to me. I wouldn't really, you know, like it doesn't come like, Whoa. and then it's a little subtle thought. And then I get to thinking about it, and then all of a sudden I start saying, what am I doing? How, I, how did I even enter, get over entertaining this? And I said, shut up. I rebuke you in the name of Jesus. It's not right. And then I get on the word of God and get on going straight. But it does happen to me also. That little whisper comes in. I get sidetracked. And then I will think, what am I doing? Why am I spending my time? Why are you wasting energy doing this? Okay? So he wants to divide you. All right? He wants to divide you. Now, I want you to look at Isaiah 64.1. This is the last scripture. Well, maybe one more. No more than two. Isaiah 64.1. It says, Oh, that you would rend the heavens and that you would come down, that the mountains might shake at your presence as the fire burns brushwood, as fire caused water to boil, to make your name known to your adversaries, that the nations may tremble at your presence, when you did awesome things for which we did not look. You came down, the mountains shook at your presence. You know, I heard the other day that in some of the rioting going on that now they wanted to tear all statues in, uh, of Jesus down because Jesus was white or whatever. And I, I, I just, when I heard that, I thought, well, my first thought was let's go get us a big Jesus statue and put it out front, then let's see who can... 
you know, like we'd bait them. That was the first thought I had. I was going to call the board and say, let's get the biggest Jesus statue we can, put it out front. But anyway, then when I got back to some sound reason, I got to just thinking, I, I started praying and I came across this scripture or the Lord quickened it to me. And I, I started saying, Lord, just run the heavens and come down. Just let this nonsense be stopped. Just would you show up in a big way and just let everybody see that, God, you're God. And no matter what you choose to do, Lord, I'm going to keep serving you all my days of my life. I'm going to serve you to the end. I want to serve you whether there's not even the squeak of a mouse from heaven that moves over America. I'm going to keep serving you. I know you're real. I know you moved in my life. I know you're doing things for me. I know you're blessing. I know our church is blessed. I see things going on. Listen, church, we're still on miracle ground here. Everything God's doing here is just miracles, miracles, miracles. I know God works. Okay, but if you don't want to move out there, whatever, I'm here. We're available and do it. That became my prayer. Okay, that the heavens would just run up. The, the, the other one I, I had here was Deuteronomy 28, 23, which just simply says, And your heavens which are over your head shall be bronze, and the earth in which is under you shall be iron. That was what happened when you were walking in the curse. But he said that when you walk in the blessings, that you have an open heaven. And so my prayer started changing to say, Lord, just let there be an open heaven over the United States. Let there be an open heaven over the Sabnau Valley here over Rial County, over over the Rial, uh, the you know the Nueces Canyon. All the canyons are here. Just Lord, let your let that be an open heaven. Let people have a relationship with you. Let them see you. Let them hear something. Let us be lights and witnesses so that this valley can be changed. This valley can be touched, and it can be a special place. Now I believe with all of my heart as I look at your faces. I know I I know your stories. Don't know all of y'all's stories, but I know a lot of your stories. And I know that y'all could stand up here and testify for hours after hours of what Jesus has done for you. He's changed our life, and this is a special place. And I want you to know, we're not backing off. We're going forward. We're going to keep going. We're going to keep pushing no matter what happens. But I know this, that the devil is not going to win. And I know that God is going to be glorified even in a greater level here that we're going to keep the doors open, we're going to keep preaching, and we're going to see signs and wonders and miracles and everything God wants to do. And we're always going to have an open heaven here because this is a special place. This place is special. It's anointed of God. Not because of me, not because of here, but I'm telling you, God put his hand on this place years ago, and this place has got a special anointing. So what I want to encourage you is do not get freaked out. Call your freaked out friends and tell them God's okay. Call your freaked out friends and tell them to watch this message. Call your freaked out friends and say, look, Jesus is the answer. Don't be afraid right now. Be bold. Be bright lights. Be floodlights. Okay? Not a twinkle light. Twinkle lights are cute, but be a floodlight. All right? And don't back down. And I'm telling you, God is with us. Listen to me, church. We're going to go on. I'm just telling you, don't get freaked out. Don't listen to the voice of the enemy. Don't let him divide your thoughts. Amen? Amen. Well, I want to pray with you. So let's do this. Let's everybody stand up. Matter of fact, let me have a prayer. If we have a prayer team ready today, come let the prayer team people come down here. For those of you watching out there in the broadcast today, listen to me. I'm so glad you tuned in. But right there in your own home, you need to ask yourself a question. If you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, 
Well, then that's where you need to start. If you're not sure today that if you died, you're going to meet Jesus, you're not sure. There's nothing that's affirming you in your heart. Then I want to tell you something. You need to make that first step because the Bible says that each and every one of us have the measure of faith on the inside of us to believe that Jesus is the Son of God. Romans 10, 9 says if we'd confess with our mouth and believe in our heart that he is the Son of God, then he'd come to live in us. He'd forgive us of our sins if we had asked him. And that then when Jesus came back on his second return, well, then you know what? We'd be going with him because we're right with him. So if you're in here today, if you're in the building, well, then we've got prayer team people to come up here and pray with them. Make sure you're right with God. But for those of you out there, I just want to pray with you for a second. Just wherever you are, just say, Jesus, I believe in you. I believe you are the son of God. I ask you to forgive me of my sins. Wash me in your blood. Make me right with you. I love you, Jesus. And as you do that and you worship him there, the spirit of God will touch you and you'll be forever changed. But Lord, I want to pray for everybody now. So Father, I just pray over every person here, every person watching, every person in this building. I declare we will not be victims of fear, but we will walk in faith. Lord, we're going to be people of prayer who stand strong against the wiles of the devil. We're going to be people, Lord God, that, that keep our hearts right and we live in holiness, holiness to the Lord. So Lord, I ask you just to bless them. Lord, every person, I just declare, has eyes to see the wiles of the enemy trying to trick them in life. And I just thank you, Lord, for being with them, for blessing them, and keeping your hand upon us all, Lord. And we give you all the praise for it, Lord, right now, in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. God bless you.